Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. This is Barbecue Nation After Hours, the conversation that took place after the show ended. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, everybody. Welcome to After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with Leanne Whippen and Daniel Vaughn from Texas Monthly um, Magazine is with us. We've had a great discussion in the regular show. So now it's time to take a turn for the worse in the after hours where we can say anything we want and nobody can get mad at us. You know, and the first time you were on the show, Daniel, you kind of told us about your uh, morphing into a barbecue critic and then coming to work for Texas Monthly. That's a great story. Um, What do you do when you find uh, and I made a joke about it really at the end of the regular show, when you find a restaurant, one that you haven't heard of yet. uh, And after you eat there, you know why. I usually just don't do a whole lot of anything. Um, I mean, it's certainly get some roll aids or something. And yeah, I mean, here's the thing is Texas is a big state. There's uh, lots of barbecue joints all over the state. And if I eat at a place that uh, you've probably never heard of and you're probably never going to eat at or even be near uh, it's not really all that useful for me to let everybody know that it's terrible. Uh, so I just don't I even bother. I, I just don't really even bother saying anything. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you're a, a, a big name, uh, you know, if you're a big name chef or a big name pit master, that's really making a splash and hires a whole PR team and tells everybody that you're going to be cooking the best barbecue that they've ever had. And it sucks. Uh, then I'm going to tell you, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to write that story because, you know, people do want to, uh, they, they do want some of those outside opinions uh, before they maybe decide to go eat at a place. So, um, you know, if you're uh, if the emperor has no clothes, then I think right. people do need to know that. But, you know, as far as like the mom and pop places out there, I mean, I'm going out. I'm going out uh, always keeping in mind what I think my my personal mission statement or I should say my professional mission statement, which is quite simply I connect people with good barbecue. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's what I try to do. Let people know where the good stuff is. So I'm I'm sorry to interrupt, but when a new new restaurant opens, um, do you wait like a month or two months so that they get their feet wet? I mean, do you have a certain standard of time frame before you actually go into them or you don't care? Um, well, it, it all depends really. Uh, but, uh, you know, in these days with uh, with sites like Eater and things like that, the the whole first look or or being able to get there right away is important to a lot of folks. I'm usually a lot more patient, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, wait a couple of months or uh, wait at least six weeks. 
to go into a place. But sure. You know, there's also times where a place has been around a month and they're like, you know, if they're in the Dallas or Fort Worth area, they're like, where you been? You know, what are you waiting on? <laughs> like, All right. So you're ready, I guess. And so I'll stop in. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it comes in all forms. Um, but for the most part, yes, I do uh, give some time for them to get, uh, you know, to get a foundation. You know? and, have, have you ever walked in the back of a kitchen and seen your face on the wall and they say, look out for this man? <laughs> <laughs> Alamo barbecue in San Antonio, Texas. I was there for a barbecue event. I was in San Antonio for a Texas monthly event and we'd invited some barbecue joints, um, uh, including, uh, Alamo barbecue and, and two bros barbecue, both run by Jason Dady. And, uh, so they came to the event, they served ribs, their peach glazed ribs, which they do cherry glazed ribs at one restaurant, peach glazed at Alamo barbecue. And, uh, so anyway, I went to Alamo barbecue the next day to try the barbecue to try a full meal. Uh, cause I hadn't been there. I'd been to two bros written about it. Um, you know, I, I like that place. It's on the cover of my book actually. Um, uh, but I went into Alamo barbecue and, uh, ate some food and then asked to see the pits and, uh, the pit master at the time, she said, uh, you know, she's like, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, what? why don't you go around front and just walk around the building? And I was like, no, I'll just, I'll walk right back with you. Like yeah. I could see the back door, right. Through, yeah. I could see the back door through the kitchen. I was like, no, I'll, just, I'll go with you. Like, I'm not going to fall down on the, on the kitchen floor. So I walked back there with her. And then I saw why because on the side of the refrigerator or the side of the cooler, um, there was my face and it, said, <laughs> and it was on there with a magnet. And it said, if you see this man, <laughs> um, call Jason Dady immediately. And so I took a photo of it and I texted Jason Dady and I said, I think I saw this guy in the restaurant. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> at least at least it wasn't that with a red circle with a slash through it over your yeah. image, Daniel. That would have yes. been. Yeah. 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 But I mean, you know, it's smart. The guy the guy is not an idiot, right? He has a lot of successful restaurants for a reason. And he knew, uh, he knew I was going to be in town for this barbecue event. And he knew that I had not been to that restaurant before. So, uh, why wouldn't you, I mean, as I go around for the top 50 search, you know, sometimes I do wonder like, how do you not know who I am? Right. And and, and that certainly doesn't apply to every restaurant, but there are some of them where I'm just like, do you not know, like you're in the running here. Do you, <laughs> do you not yeah. pay attention to what we're doing here? Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, there's uh there's some of that that goes on too. How many, uh, do you have an exact figure? I, I'm guessing probably not right to the T, but how many barbecue joints are there in Texas? Uh, no, I don't know right to a T, but, um, it's somewhere around 2000. That's, uh, you know, sort of agreed upon number. I mean, Dickie's is at in a new location like every week, I think. So it's hard to keep up, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think there's about 2000 locations is what the restaurant association has said in the past. So uh, yeah, I, I haven't been to all of them. So do you ever consider a chain like that? Who actually they, who knows they could, I've never eaten there. I'm just saying if they could put out good barbecue, are they ever considered in that 
ranking the top 50? Yeah, we had some uh, some chain places that uh, people visited uh, during the evaluation, the, the first pass of the evaluation period for the top 50. Uh, True Texas Barbecue was one of them, and, and they're in HEB stores. Um, there's, I think, maybe like 15 of them now around the state. Uh, I think it's the best chain in Texas Barbecue. Huh. And then there are other places that, uh, yes, better than Rudy's. And I, I, there are some other places, it's like, I don't know, is it a chain? I mean, Cooper's Barbecue, nobody thinks of it as a chain, but they did. They do have six restaurant locations. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I guess that's a chain by now. They're just statewide. But I don't think we'd ever evaluate any other location but the original um, land uh, location. So. Right. We didn't. But, t- I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, but yeah. Uh, I mean, I've certainly been to Dickie's before. And yeah. Okay. We, we didn't need to include them on the on, on the, the list, list of, of potential top 50. This is after hours. <laughs> you yeah. can say whatever you, you want. Whatever you want. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's any surprise to them. Uh, I, um, at one point I had, I was this close. I was so close. Uh, I had emailed one of their PR people, their PR person had sent me an email to ask me to write about this or that. I I get emails from Dickies all the time. Yeah. Their their PR people are certainly up on all the newsworthy stuff that Dickies has to put out. And, and so I get, uh, all of it. And at one point I just wrote back and said, you know, I'd, I'd really be interested in coming to your barbecue university. And they put on a two day barbecue university for every franchisee that comes on board with Dickies. And we had it scheduled and I was going to go to the barbecue university. And then I think somebody who actually knew what was going on, somebody on the barbecue side saw my name on that list. And they're like, hell no, he's not coming to the barbecue university. (laughs) He's going to tear this thing apart. (laughs) Wow. You know, I mean, it's basically, here's how to become a pit master at Dickies in two days. Uh, So, you know, certainly there's more training. They they go through more training than just that. But I was very curious to see on the inside, what are they teaching their franchisees about how to, cook barbecue i did not get to go unfortunately that would have been very interesting that's too bad is that one but for meat fight i did lose a bet uh we were trying to raise raise money for meat fight it's great charity and they uh they raise a bunch of money for ms research and for ms patients and uh uh if they raised a certain amount then i was going to get my thanksgiving meal catered by dickies and i did (laughs) sure did (laughs) <laughs> it was pandemic uh, thanksgiving it was 2020 thanksgiving so uh wow. you know, it wasn't uh it wasn't going to be a big family gathering anyway and i'm glad it wasn't so so <laughs> let me let me uh let me see if i got this right so you got your thanksgiving catered and then on friday and when the weekend festivities football whatever daniel had his own smoker going so to speak. <laughs> yeah. There were no rules about what I had to do with the leftovers. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> they do make a good cornbread dress. I hate the hell out of that. Okay. Uh, um, one thing we didn't talk about in the regular show, maybe we should have, but desserts. Um, I don't know what your favorite desserts is. Uh, banana, pudding. banana pudding. I'm a pecan pie guy myself. Just, 
just me. I like banana pudding. I like, I like most things, but we've had a couple restaurants up here that have come off and said, this is real Texas or real Southern pecan pie or pecan pie, depending on how you pronounce it. I don't care. Uh, and it wasn't, I'm, I'm pretty sure they went and pulled the Marie calendars frozen thing out of the freezer and, um, you know, threw it in a warming oven in the back of the kitchen and then cut it and put it out there. So I just wanted to, to get your take on desserts as being now an integral part of the barbecue menus and family. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're uh, the pecan state. I mean, pecan is our, our state tree. Right. We got pecans growing all over Texas. And so we have a lot of pecan pies, desserts at barbecue joints, but uh, certainly more popular than the pecan pie would be banana pudding and, and peach cobbler. Peach so those cobbler. Are the, hmm. Yeah. Those are really the two most common things you're going to find. And, you know, the peach cobbler, it's anything from the, uh, the big flat tray of frozen stuff with like a, you know, a razor thin pastry crust on top right. to the good homemade stuff. And uh, banana pudding, same thing. Everything from the god awful box banana flavored pudding. Please, God, don't ever use that. Make <laughs> banana pudding. <laughs> the stuff that you know that's like made in like a real pastry cream or a real custard. Right. I, I went to this place called Two Guys One Pit Barbecue last weekend, and they are in Tomball, Texas, just northwest of Houston. Right, and they do a banana pudding, uh, which starts off with a waffle mix that they make that they put mashed bananas into when you order the banana pudding they make the waffle they put the hot waffle in a bowl and cover it with their uh, homemade banana pudding and they put sliced bananas and vanilla wafers on top and uh, whipped cream fresh whipped cream on, oh, on top of all that oh good i mean and it's like 550 like you're making a waffle <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> You're making a waffle to order like that's dedication right there did, did you lapse into a coma afterwards with well it's a tough one because it was my first stop of the day so uh, i had to really show so where strength. was it what was it in houston tomball. It's in tomball yeah um so it's called two guys one pit barbecue unfortunate name but uh yeah, yeah they um they they do a really good waffle waffle banana out. pudding that's one of my faves wow yeah. wow i um I just think of things like that, like you would eat a late lunch, then go back to the hotel and nap for a couple hours before you went on to do whatever else you were there for. No, I, I, I usually just hit it hard, try to get, uh, you know, five or six places knocked out and then go back to the hotel like five o'clock or so and be just be done for the day and not eat again the next day till 11 o'clock when the barbecue joints open again. Yeah, that's a great job, man. You know, we could I could do that up here in the a Northwest lot of work involved, though. I mean, he has to write about this and make it interesting. And um, oh, I'm glad you think it's interesting. It it's is. Good. Interesting. It is. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, the research part is not the job. I don't get paid to, you know, I, uh, that's the misnomer. Like, I don't get paid to drive around and eat barbecue. I get paid to write about it. Right. Uh, I've got to do the research to be able to write about anything. So. Uh, the research part is is the fun part most of the time, but yeah, um, I, I try to get as as much as I can out of each visit, and it's not like I can go you know out of each visit to whatever city or town I'm going to, and it's not like I can eat at a bunch of these places and then save up room for dinner. Yeah, you know, no, that's not gonna like, work. That's that's the 
that's always that's like the rookie mistake is you think like, <laughs> oh i could probably have dinner um but then you've got to start eating barbecue again the next day right yeah is, don't do is, it is there um is there a place daniel in all the years you've been doing this that you discovered uh well off the beaten path and then it went away and it kind of saddened you um I'll I'll give you an example. I used to spend a lot of time in Kentucky. And I spent a lot of time in Texas too. Um in fact, one time in Beaumont, uh I said I wanted um I wanted some Cajun food and some and some crawfish and stuff for lunch doing the show. So they they took me out to this abandoned gas station. I don't recall the name, but it was out by Beaumont somewhere out there and we went in had a great lunch typical thing you know a little like uh, primary school platter with the separate compartments for your your food and all that and uh i went back there to do a show again a couple years later and it was gone the old lady that ran it had passed away recipes went with her boarded up you know, going to become a nature park or something right there on that acreage. So have you found any or had any experiences like that over the years? Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, like anytime a barbecue joint has to close down, it's, it's a sad thing. Uh, I mean, the, the, uh, we put out our honorable mention list, right. And uh, we put out our, our top 50 and a 50 honorable mentions list from it. And uh, shortly after the issue came out uh, back, it was the November issue of last year. There was a pa- place, Jay Leonardi's Barbecue, which really had a great backstory. It was in Austin. And uh, shortly after the issue came out, it closed up. So it's pretty sad. We, we really felt like they were, were putting out some good barbecue. And then uh, again, a place with a good backstory and then just kind of gone really without much of an announcement. No, nothing publicly on. I reached out to the owner didn't hear anything back and uh, nothing publicly in on Facebook or social media of any sort. So, yeah, I mean, that was, that was certainly a sad one. Uh, and then, I mean, here in town a place called Max barbecue, which was really my go-to place. I, I loved taking people to, to Max when they came into town because it was this really old school spot uh you know second generation pitmaster and the place had been around since the 50s uh in this one small building uh since the 80s and uh yeah they just made a really great chopped brisket sandwich really incredible french fries and these really great ranch beans i dipped the fries into the ranch beans and uh it was my place to just go enjoy a sandwich like i didn't didn't go there to judge the place right uh, right I, I just went to enjoy a chopped brisket sandwich covered in barbecue sauce and pickles and onions uh on a toasted bun with fries and beans and talked to the owner billy mcdonald he was always a real smart ass and <laughs> uh you know they they closed down mm. after they couldn't they couldn't find a buyer for the building and so he yeah. decided to close down the the restaurant and become a landlord for another restaurant coming in. And, you know, it's sad that it's not around anymore. It's a piece of Dallas history, Dallas barbecue history that's gone. Uh, but I'm happy for them. 
they've they've seen that business as a yoke around their neck for at least over a decade. They've wanted out of that business. They've been trying to sell it, sure. trying to find a way to retire on their mm-hmm. own terms. And so I got all these messages when I wrote about the place closing for good. You know, I gave people like a, a week notice to get there for their for the last taste of Max. It's like, oh, what what can we do to keep them open? Like, do they need our help? Do they need our support? It's like, no, they need the hell out of there. They need to enjoy <laughs> the rest of their life. Yeah. Like they've been stuck at this barbecue joint, uh, you know, for years and years beyond when they wanted to really be working. So uh, it was sad, but it was also made me happy that they could go off and, and do what they wanted. I mean, he had this, I mean, it's almost a cliche that he had this, uh, you know, this image up uh, of this beach vacation that he w- always wanted to take, but just never uh, had the time. Yeah, that's cool. So, so this question uh, is actually going to go to both of you. Once in a while, I, I put Leanne on the hot seat here. One of the things that I I personally find I don't want to say something as severe as disturbing, but I will usually go to a barbecue joint like twice. I give them I give them two shots, and because we don't have that many around here, we got a lot of food trucks trying to sell stuff that they say is barbecue, and a few of them actually have it. Yeah. But consistency, and I think that's probably true for all restaurants. Uh, my short-lived restaurant career, it was, I mean, the ham sandwich was the same every day. So, uh, but I find that kind of annoying because they'll, and they all do it, real Texas barbecue. Um, we've got a small chain up here that people will ask me sometimes, uh, what's the nearest best barbecue place? And I'll actually send, they've got three locations. I'll send them to that. Is it the absolute best Texas barbecue? If you want to go for that? No, but it's consistent. Every time you're going to get a decent meal, you're going to yeah. get a meal for under 20 bucks or whatever. And uh, per person and do that. But I want to, I want to get your takes, both of you on consistency in the product. Well, I mean, as far as giving a place two visits before I make a, a decision about it or I get an opinion about it, I mean, there's plenty of places where after the first visit, like, I don't really care what the second right. reason is. Right. Uh, you know, if, if it can be this bad, then it doesn't really matter <laughs> if it can be any better. Right. So, um, you know, and also given the fact that Texas is such a big state, there's many places where I really only have the opportunity to go there once. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, consistency when it comes to the top 50, when it comes to those rankings, like we do factor that in heavily, you know, we go several visits and uh, you know, we, that consistency is really important and, and it, it is really tough. I mean, it is tough to do it um, not only from day to day, week to week, but, many times just from brisket to brisket or from rack of ribs to rack of ribs. Right. And, you know, that's why I think, um, I think often overlooked is the importance of the cutter, the person who's cutting the meat. And it's often seen as just this sort of low skill job. And why don't you just get more cutters, right? Get this line moving faster, get these people served more quickly. It's like, yeah, but that person is in charge of your, your profitability in charge of customer service and is your last 
last stop for quality control, quality assurance, right? Is that person cutting? And if uh, they're willing to let the the subpar stuff slip by along with all the great stuff, then you're probably going to be judged by your subpar stuff by a lot of people. So, uh, yeah, it is it is really important. Leanne? Absolutely, 100%. I mean, it's um, like barbecues and art in a restaurant. It, another art is the consistency and just being able – I mean, and it's one of the hardest things to do in a restaurant is to keep barbecue consistent just because it isn't like you're sauteing something in a pan. You're, you're, you know, you're taking the time to go through this process and another, you know, the consistency is hopefully you sell out of it so you don't have to hold it because you got to worry about your profitability. So understanding the whole restaurant world, I am extremely critical when I go into a barbecue restaurant. Like Daniel said, I, I will, I'll know one time pretty much if I'm going to go back there or not, or if I'm even going to give it another shot. Um, <clears throat> there's just, well, not like Texas, there's just too many other choices um, right, right. there. And so, yeah, we don't, we don't, I don't have that luxury up here. So when I say I'll give them two shots, like you said, Daniel, if it's just horrid, I won't go back, but if it's, borderline to you know maybe they had a bad maybe they were running out of fuel in the pit or whatever i'll give them one more shot but a lot of those you know get checked off the list so to speak as they're going um i want to thank you daniel for taking the time to be with this outfit today i always appreciate talking to you i really appreciate reading your material thank you yeah it's really good and i know leanne was just slobbering to get you on the show so i was so thank you for taking the time i know you're very busy um but it's an honor to have you on the show thank you well thank you all for having me i enjoyed talking with you no worries we'll do it again sometime folks we'll be back next week with another edition of after hours here on barbecue nation until then have some fun and be kind take care everybody